Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DXM podcast. I am Colborn Bell, and I'm joined today uh, with the artist Daim. Pleasure. Uh, likewise, um, it's it's great to be here, and uh, I'm I'm here uh, through a collusion of circumstances with a very sleepy baby boy, my uh, my youngest child, my son Brave. Congratulations. Um, Thank you so much. Who, who, who does sort of have a, a bit of a crypto tie-in in, in his own uh, odd little way. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's great to be here with you, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting and uh, being able to share, um, you know, a bit more of myself and and my work and um, and all that good stuff. Well, thank you both for being here today. It's really, it's really <laughs> lovely. Um, we're going to start where we always start, and, and that is just giving you the space to uh, share anything about yourself, your practice, and how you might have discovered crypto art. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, my, my artistic roots um, go back um, kind of, I don't know, I, I guess arbitrarily long, depending on, on how far we want to go back. Uh, as a child, I um, um, I was sort of um, uh, very uh, sort of creatively and uh, artistically oriented. I um, was enrolled usually in uh, uh, one or more sort of uh, visual arts type extracurricular classes um, very often through um sort of i guess my 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 art teacher um at the time who i think at one time was actually my my at school art teacher but even after i moved schools uh, my uh my parents signed me up uh, uh sort of uh on an ongoing basis to his various um after school classes and eventually um he actually uh, founded um a, a school with uh, a creative arts uh, uh, specialization um, that is still going strong in my hometown to this day. Um, now, you know, back then, I think probably honestly, mostly because, um, you know, when and where I was sort of computers weren't a big thing yet. Um, I didn't have really that early childhood connection to technology but after the uh, after the move to canada um from from hungary where i grew up um i was 12 when we when we moved to canada and there was a big change for me it was kind of a kind of a difficult time kind of a rough time um you know, for children, I guess, you know, uh, immigration or, you know, sort of these large moves can sometimes be easier because they can have an easier time to adjust. Um, I think 12 years old is probably sort of that worst possible point to pick where, you know, you're on that verge of, um, of sort of all sorts of changes and, you know, changing social dynamics and whatnot. And, it, it didn't work great for me. Um, I I wasn't uh, you know all that happy with the change circumstances for the first couple of years, and 
probably you know uh, not unlike a lot of uh, a lot of us with uh, sort of computer focus early on um, it's that difficulty with sort of the social scene that uh, I think allowed me to uh, delve as deeply into technology as I did as early as I did <clears throat> I think still uh, somewhere on the internet floats around um, uh, an early tutorial I wrote, I think maybe at the age of maybe 14 or 15 on how to create um, assembly language based functions that can be called from C and C++ um, um, files uh, when compiled with the Borland C++ compiler. Right. So, you know, uh, took a while for for the technological interest to uh, circle back to art but it was actually with um with the birth of my um my now 15 year old daughter in 2007 that i sort of started um having my sort of hobby computing time be increasingly art focused um starting initially with um with fractals um i think i've, I've told this story a few times so I, I won't get too deeply into it but you know most people back then and i suspect even now you know generate fractals with sort of ready-made programs where you um you basically you know press a couple of buttons and you know slide some sliders and you know pick a few colors and you know out comes something amazing that you have no idea you know how it was made or you know what the math is behind it <clears throat> they were lovely but you know that held no interest for me because i didn't feel you know connected to the work um so i, I basically started writing stuff from scratch on my own uh starting very simple um yeah, <laughs> um, starting very simple, but, uh, you know, eventually, uh, finding sort of, uh, different and, uh, unconventional ways of, of exploring, um, you know, the boundaries of, uh, of mathematical, um, uh, sort of art and, and fractal art, um, coming up with with some things that you know i think others uh, haven't found uh, up until i did and um it was around 2015 that uh, i started um having the, the confidence in myself and in my work to start seeking exhibition opportunities uh at that point it wasn't you know through crypto art yet that came a bit later in uh, 2019 um and my application to uh, known origin and super rare coincided with my first international exhibition. Um, I was part of a group exhibition in uh, Truro, um, uh, Cornwall, United Kingdom, in the uh, Royal Cornwall Museum. And um, uh, yeah, I, th I think I think that was enough, and that sounded prestigious enough to uh, to not have too much trouble in in either of those platforms um which you know in hindsight feels uh, uh remarkable given that you know super rare uh, makes a bit of a sport of rejecting artists <laughs> left right and center 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I minted my uh, my first pieces on on both of those platforms in uh, December of 2019, and uh, and that got me my my small start. Um, and uh, you know things uh, things progressed from there with some you know hiccups and and whatnot, given the impending end of the world that we somehow managed to survive. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, uh, you know, it, it brings me right back to when I first encountered your work, right? Not only was there just like this incredible intricacy and like depth and intention and intelligence behind uh, every single piece of it, but there was also like a remarkable humor to it as well. Uh, I think of like the... You know, I'm I'm brought immediately back to Trillion Dollar Mandala. Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's just it's just wonderful. There's there is a wonderful, joyous playfulness that you go about in like this mathematical interrogation of nature, of the universe. Um, you know, spirituality, intention, all of these things. It speaks to an incredible. Uh, and complicated person and, and probably life. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe you want to talk more about these pieces and, you know, what you think you're exploring in them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you mean in, in a general sense, uh, the sort of early... Um, yeah. earlier pieces yeah yeah sure yeah so um when i initially started with um the the, the early pieces are for the most part um they're uh textured pickover biomorphs which you know is just a whole bunch of gibberish to to most people but uh basically the the pickover biomorphs they're um they're sort of an algorithm pretty closely related to the Mandelbrot set and the Julia sets, which, you know, we tend to be more familiar with. Um, and uh, you could almost say that <laughs> biomorphs are um, uh, sort of a, uh, a different way of, of visualizing um, sort of the same uh, equations. And uh, they were discovered by uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Clifford uh, Pickover, um, who is a, a pretty prolific scientist and writer, and he's got, you know, lots of interesting and odd and, you know, often quirky sort of uh, discoveries and uh, and things tied to his name. But uh, with with this thing, the sort of incredible thing is uh, how lifelike in the sense of uh, of like microbial you know creature like uh shapes these uh, these algorithms produce and um you know the funny thing is um you know it's it's mathematical art um it's not sort of uh, that more contrived uh sort of algorithmic art where you you think of uh, uh, you think of an outcome as the artist, and you sort of figure out step by step 
um, how to uh, how to produce it uh, through different equations and algorithms. Um, rather, it's um, uh, funnily enough um, the the algorithm essentially probes sort of point by point, pixel by pixel, and you know makes a decision: is this pixel going to be you know color A or color B or color C and you know, I mean, the simplest ones just have two colors. Uh, I have some very early pieces which are sort of just black and white. Um, but there's a way to sort of further differentiate, um, uh, you know, the, the outcomes of the, the equations and uh, that gives you the ability to use more color and um, the sort of textural aspect uh, was something that uh, I had been experimenting with um, I don't think for very long by the time that I, I started um, minting and uh, it was it, it was I believe through minting that I, I first sort of really uh, put those out there with um, with I guess a confidence and an expectation that uh, you know they'll they'll stand on their own and they'll be able to be sort of uh, you know, as you said, sometimes humorous, but, you know, uh, in a sense, you know, serious, um, you know, sort of respectable pieces of art. Uh, I think, uh, I think baby boy here is probably, uh, largely amused by, uh, by all the, uh, by all the English talking and gesticulation. Right. He mostly gets uh, Hungarian from me. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll be um, able to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not getting the impression that it's it's gonna be going in that direction. Friday night. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, the, the texture piece is uh, uh, you know essentially for gold color and um, uh, interestingly enough, what they do. Okay. Um, what they do is um, they sort of um, they sort of twist and warp and distort uh, images, and uh, most of the ones that um, that are the early pieces that uh, uh, you know you would be familiar with, um, they are uh, they are using a few different images. Um, and uh, I guess what makes a lot of the textural pieces special, uh, because, you know, there is every possibility for them to also come out, you know, kind of dull and uninteresting, um, because the uh, textures can sort of shrink to the point where, you know, the entire picture just really becomes like a single color or, you know, it can be so large that, you know, like the whole thing is just pixelated and, and at both of those extremes, you're not really getting, you know, the substance of the, uh, of the image. Um, but, you know, uh, done right, uh, what you get instead is, um, is basically um, a biomorph that is recognizable as a biomorph that still has that uh, you know, often sort of uh, microbial or amoeba-like uh, organic quality, even though it sort of has no business having that 
appearance or that uh, that that look and you know it's not even like um you know some algorithmic stuff out there where uh you know the i don't know the algorithm that makes a shape uh, like you see on some i don't know on some uh some sea creatures uh you know the reason that 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 works is because you know those sea creatures actually use some weird biological equivalent of that nothing like that is going on here um you know this stuff is uh, is based in uh, you know complex mathematics and uh, again it's weirdly uh, well suited to uh, to computing and to sort of uh, kind of a pixel based rasterized processing um, and you know absolutely removed from from anything organic or biological or or anything of this world really that's the crazy stuff but uh, you know with the textures uh that that gives uh an opportunity <laughs> to uh to sort of uh, bring something of this world back into it you know beyond the 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 strange organic feeling of the piece um and uh, you know some of the some of the pieces are you know um are about uh, cosmic wonder. Uh, I'm I'm sure when I say those words, you know, you you can probably think of a couple of them that uh, that very much exude that that sense. Um, I mean, those those words very much bring me right back to the piece of uh, it's one of those click to transmute pieces, right? Which is a whole other aspect yeah, of like yeah. your technical <laughs> mastery. But it brings me right back to that tree, and then the tree under the night sky, and um, yeah always always was a huge fan of this you know it, it seems like you you had a, a phase as well where you just wanted to go and kind of like push the limits and, and hack everything uh, <laughs> it, it also you know it reminds me of the work you did on async which i think had millions of potential combinations uh i i think into you know some some crazy number that uh, you know, I think we'd have to look up what to what to pronounce it as. Um, right. I forget what it was, but uh, you know, it was like in you might not have enough seconds in the lifetime of the universe to be able to view them all, yeah. type of thing. You'll you'll definitely see more biomorphs from me. Um, you know, I I think there's you know still uh, very much uh, a sort of uh, fragile. Um, Fragile promise and opportunity in those, you know, click to transmute type pieces. Mm. Um, you know, what I hate about those is, you know, how dependent they are in sort of the the presentation context. Because you know, the moment that uh, you know that changes, or you know, God forbid, um, you know, super rare one day changes how they present stuff, um, that'll sort of break those. But uh, you know, those were those were really fun to make too. Um, I, I basically um, sort of had to, uh, had to come up with a program that uh, uses essentially um, sort of tricks of transparency and uh, sort of the alpha values um, inheriting, I guess, their color from the background when displayed to essentially stuff two images into a single picture 
and do so in a way where, you know, given a light background or a white background, you know, you only saw the first one, but given a dark or black background, you only see the second one. And um, those those instances of works that really shock me are few and far between. And I remember that one. Uh... Yeah, very, very. Fondly. Yeah, and, and 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 yeah, for sure. The 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 tree and the, the night sky, like that's that's incredible. And um, you know, it it's one of those things where um, funny you should say that it shocked you. It shocked me because um, I I don't fully recall off the top of my head. Um, I, I mean, obviously, one of the images was the tree. But I, I don't 100% recall what exactly the second image uh, looked like. But I can tell you, I, I was not expecting that sort of... Uh, from, from that, I was not expecting the cosmic wonder to, to show up with the sort of strength and dominance that it did in the, yeah. in the dark uh, version. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, with that one too, like... Um, you know, some of those type of pictures are kind of very, very binary, right? You you have the white background and you see one thing and you have the dark background and you see maybe something completely different that, you know, might have some relation, but but in a sense, you know, it's almost like it's it's really something you could achieve with two different images kind of being flipped with JavaScript, but you know, the amazing thing is that that's not what's going on. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but with that one, with the, with the tree, um, you know, it was, uh, it was basically done in a way where I didn't, because of the sort of pictures that were used, I didn't have the ability to sort of fully uh, restrict uh, one image to, you know, the, the light background and one of the dark background. So the, the dark background version with the, with the starry sky uh, essentially became what it is partly due to uh, sort of bits and pieces of the, of the first image still seeping in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be impossible for anybody to understand that is listening <laughs> to this. You just go, go look at the work. I think it's on Super Rare. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Go check yeah. out, go check out the body of work because it's incredible. <laughs> I'd love for you to, if you're open to it, share about your initial experiences with Art Blocks being one of the first people there. <laughs> um, it, it was an obviously natural fit to the series you created. <clears throat> yeah, so um, it's it's funny um, the way that came about. Um, it was actually my friend uh, Fabien Rashid, um, who who I think you well know, and uh, you know Fabien is uh, is an incredible and you know innovative and uh, pioneering and groundbreaking artist, crypto artist in the space. Um, that you know, honestly, if if anyone listening doesn't know, uh, you know, better do a search now and uh, you know <laughs> get yourself up again. to speed. Yeah, again uh, and again, right? That guy. Yeah, mind blowing stuff. Mind so blowing. he's he's had you know a number of series that you know push the envelope in, in in big ways and you know more than a few of them in ways that sort of I would say haven't been, uh, haven't been matched since he's done it. So you know he he, he demonstrated what could be done, but 
you know, the rest of crypto art is is still sort of yet to fully catch up to to fully being able to realize those possibilities in a in a more broad way. Um, but it was it was Fabin that um, that actually introduced me to uh, to Eric, um, and uh, that was I think I think it was during the summer of uh, of twenty twenty maybe maybe late summer probably um, early fall at at most and even though it was I guess so close to to in hindsight what would be the launch of art blocks. Um, at that stage, my, my conversations with Eric were, uh, were, I would say, you know, deceptive because, uh, you know, he was just this, uh, incredibly, uh, humble, clearly very intelligent and sort of, you know, uh, broadly technologically capable guy, but very humble and, you know, talked sort of very tentatively about the, the whole project and, um, uh, you know, there was stuff on the test net and basically the, the introduction from Fabian led to uh, me sort of providing um, an older uh, existing project of mine um, to uh, sort of implement on the test net as, as something, I guess, uh, you know, a bit more, um, uh, a bit more, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word here. I, I mean, it was, it was basically, you know, not something written specifically for the, you know, engine, but rather something that was sort of written to be what it is and, and then had to be adapted. And, uh, and I think, um, from, from what I recall from, from our conversations, I, I got the impression that, you know, that was partly what Eric was looking for at the time to be able to sort of come across what some of the real world challenges might be once, you know, he started getting, you know, a series and, and uh, uh, projects from, from other artists who, who, you know, didn't necessarily have an... Now the funny thing is he's definitely not hearing the cats. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And and yet the sounds are so similar. <laughs> uh, we're dealing with um, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so yeah, so that one one project which, you know, funnily enough was was also biomorphs. <laughs> yep. Um that was that was implemented by Eric on sort of the the early uh, art blocks test net, um, and um, um, you know we we I guess minted a few and sort of I I I found it interesting, but you know I I, I didn't fully grasp the the significance and the full potential at the time, and and again how sort of. Uh, humble and self-deprecating Eric was, uh, you, you know, didn't help that part because uh, basically I think we, I, I think in our last conversation, um, Eric's explanation was, <laughs> uh, was something like, um, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep working on it and, uh, you know, maybe sometime eventually down the road, you know, a year from now or more, who knows, there'll be something of it or maybe nothing will ever come of this. And, you know, this testnet thing will be all there is. 
And, uh, you know, in, in contrast with that, a couple of months later, of course, Artblocks bursts onto the scene uh, in, you know, like as, as big a way as anything. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the, the stuff that I wasn't getting before and that I wasn't understanding before, um, you know, started coming across, you know, very, very clear at that point. And um, uh, basically, um, I, I got back on, on Discord and uh, started chatting with Eric and um, CryptoBlots, um, they are sort of a sort of a you could say a version two or like a, a reworking of um a much earlier algorithm of mine which which isn't as mathematical as as a lot of my my early works um tend to be um the the original uh, version was um it was basically a random walk generator that um sort of randomly filled in um, um, bounded areas of the image. Um, and uh, that one was, was monochrome. So it was, uh, it was just, uh, it wasn't black and white, but it was, um, you know, just shades of gray, which, which oddly enough, in some sense, um, maybe offered um, sort of easier, <coughs> easier, um, I don't know, approach to, to the idea of periodolic images of, of stuff that you see in there, uh, then, then the colored stuff, but, uh, you know, between, um, between monochrome and the, and the color stuff, uh, what you saw was, was also pretty different, right? The, the monochrome stuff was, was sometimes more complex, but also it was, in a sense, I, I would almost say it was more rare that you saw something truly interesting or, or kind of striking or engaging. Whereas with the color stuff, um, you know, there are certainly a lot more, you know, bugs and, you know, sort of alien looking things and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, those, those are interesting. Those are striking. And, um, yeah, after, after a few conversations and a couple of weeks, uh, we were able to get, um, crypto blocks to, to a point where, uh, where we both felt happy, uh, sort of, uh, getting it out there. And, uh, I was, uh, I was very fortunate and, uh, uh, you know, my, my unending gratitude to Eric, I was, uh, fortunate to, to be the first, um, uh, post Artblock's launch, uh, Artblock curated artist along with um, with Pixel Queen uh, or Pixel Q, uh, who is now on the on the Artblock staff. Um, her own series launched uh, the same day, and um, yeah. you know that was that was a big step uh, forward for me as well. Um, the sort of both, I guess the both, I guess the I, I don't know if I should call it fame, the, the, I don't know, the, the prestige, uh, of it, uh, as well as the financial part, uh, those together sort of, you know, push me onto, onto yet a higher level than, 
than where I had there until been operating and uh, you know allowed um, allowed a greater degree of freedom to sort of explore you know different areas and different directions going forward from there. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't speak to two more things, and I believe they're interrelated. Uh, one would be, you know, you have a very well-defined philosophy around crypto art, what it means to be a crypto artist. Uh, and I think it's very much reflected in, in the work that you've collected, how you've shared this idea of community, um, how you've opened up and helped lift up so many others. Uh, you know, the work you've done there beyond being just an artist is incredibly admirable. Um, and I hear it just again and again and again, how people look to you just like as a mentor, as an advisor, as somebody who is so supportive and like well-intentioned. Uh, and I'd love to just hear from you what it means to be a crypto artist and how, you know, it's this attitude has like reflected in, in the ways that you give back. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you for asking that and bringing that up. Um, for me, being a crypto artist um, is, you know, it's, it's, it's become, it's, it's become in a sense, uh, you know, uh, perhaps one of the most defining aspects of my life. Um, and, and I know that, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not alone with that. Um, obviously, you know, um, uh, the crypto art uh, scene has, has been sort of a, a life-changing experience for many of us, uh, uh, especially many of us who, who were early on in the scene. But, um, you know, I, I came into, into all this in 2019 and, um, you know, I, I did so with some some hesitation, with some trepidation. Um, you know, I had been I had been seeing, you know, everything going on for for so long that I uh, I got to a point where I, I started feeling silly for for not being a part of this thing that that clearly was happening and was engaging artists and was. Uh, you know, getting them exposure and was giving them opportunities to um, to to convey their visions of the world to to an audience that 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 was there and was eager for art and you know interested in the artists and um, you know um, all of that attracted me and and that's what got me to to sort of initially start, but uh, you know as as a pre-crypto art artist, um, <clears throat> I, I had definitely struggled with um, sort of the the idea of an idea of a lack of legitimacy to my art because it's digital art, because it's mathematical art, because it's you know printed on a printer or you know sometimes printed by, you know, a print shop uh, and, you know, handled by someone altogether different uh, and the physical art, uh, you know, in some people's eyes, uh, you know, maybe has more ties to a completely different person than myself, even though I'm, you know, purporting to be the artist and, uh, you know, so, some of that was kind of internal kind of paranoia and self-doubt. Some of it, honestly, I've, uh, you know, 
not rudely, but literally being kind of confronted by comments, you know, here and there. So, uh, you know, it wasn't even all in my head, I can tell you that. Uh, and, and yet still, bizarrely enough, I, I guess maybe having, you know, internalized this, uh, this sense of prejudice against digital art to such an extent, I came into crypto art for, for the first, maybe first three, four months at least, maybe a little bit more, always having this worry in the back of my mind, you know, am I making a mistake by taking this particular work that, you know, I could try to, you know, whether now or down the road sort of present as, as, you know, a more traditional physical work, even if it's, you know, originally digital uh, and, you know, now I can't because because now it's you know minted as crypto art and you know I've made that commitment and um, <clears throat> and and that started to disappear um, and that started to disappear kind of mid to late in in 2020 the uh, the pandemic um, was not kind to me um, I. Uh, as, as, as you know, I have kind of a, a complicated situation in terms of, uh, of family stuff. My, uh, my wife is, uh, is an American citizen and still on that side of the border. Uh, back then my, my fiance, um, and I have, um, I have, uh, you know, children from my previous marriage who are, you know, on this side of the border, uh, kind of back and forth between me and their mom. Um, and so 2020 came and I was actually in the States um, when it started to get really bad. And um, I was in the States in March when they essentially, I'm rolling my eyes, pretended to shut down the border. Um, honestly, it's uh, uh my understanding is that the uh, sort of border by air never really closed, even though it wasn't sort of spoken of and, and, you know, advertised loudly that, you know, you could still basically fly if you wanted and if you have the money, but um, certainly the, um, the, the land border that I had been using uh, and that I was dependent on, and you know which was affordable to me for traveling back and forth and and at that stage you know my uh my regular routine was uh, basically going back and forth um every every uh like two weeks basically mm -hmm. to keep it simple um and uh so so there i was in the states um the borders were by all appearances closing with, you know, uh, all sorts of promises that this is going to be super temporary. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just a month and, you know, maybe they'll renew it, but they probably won't. Uh, of course it ended up going on for like, I don't know, I feel like over a year, if, if not more than that, even. Um, but, you know, for, for me, the personal situation was, um, you know, this, this terribly difficult choice, uh, because on one hand, 
Uh, obviously, I had my uh, my older daughters uh, on the Canadian side, um, and you know, until I returned, you know, indefinitely apart from me. And on the other hand, <clears throat> on the on the U.S. side, where uh, you know, of course, significantly, I'm not a U.S. citizen, so you know, like even my stay there was was always you know going to be like limited by by uh, sort of that six month upper limit that you're allowed to stay there before you become an illegal alien and right. uh, you know you might find yourself on the wrong side of a set of bars um but uh, but on the u.s side uh, you know basically uh, i had my fiance and my then i think maybe i i, I maybe three-year-old by then daughter uh, and um, basically, my my fiance had uh, had moved to to where she was living solely to essentially facilitate us being able to have more time together by way of her being closer to where I was living, closer to the border. And um, basically, she she had no family around. She, you know, she had a friend or two, but, you know, she, she basically had no social support system around. Mm. And, you know, back in March, um, and, and especially with all the extra stuff that was going on in the States at the time with, you know, the riots and, uh, and all those things on top of the pandemic, um, you know, things were, were looking and feeling just so disturbingly volatile and, um, and unsafe and, um, uh, basically, I, I ended up staying um, for uh, for a couple of extra months, um, sort of wanting to make sure that uh, you know she she had me there as support, and that my my youngest daughter had me there as support. Um, <clears throat> my uh, my my daughters, um, you know, on the Canadian side, you know, obviously had a difficult time with it, but you know they're they're amazing little girls and um you know they they understood and wow. you know as much as they didn't like it they they basically agreed that you know like this was sort of the the unpleasant but necessary way to to handle this once in a lifetime situation mm -hmm. um and you know <laughs> it, it was literally um some of the obvious things that you would have expected to go wrong in a situation like that, you know, uh, my, my, my ex-wife didn't, uh, you know, take the opportunity to like, I don't know, whatever my, my daughters didn't start hating me for, for making that difficult decision. Uh, basically all the obvious bad stuff that could have gone wrong, didn't go wrong. But my, uh, my employer, where I had been working for more than 10 years by that time, mm -hmm. um, basically uh, made it very clear that they don't give a shit about my personal life in the slightest. And that, um, you know, they won't fire me yet, but they'll resume paying me once I'm uh, uh, back in the country. Um, even though they were not expecting me to be in the office, um and um 
every every offer and every variation I suggested that involved me sort of trying to uh, trying to be useful and productive and helpful, um, you know, without having to abandon my you know fiance and two three year old daughter uh, was just fundamentally of no interest to them, um, and and eventually. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I would have had to go back sooner or later, but the specific timing of uh, of when it happened um, was absolutely due to them, you know, having successfully financially starved me to the point where I knew I either had to leave then or um, or, or it was going to be, you know, issues paying rent, uh, you know, uh, a month down the road. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, it was in that context that I, I returned to uh, to Canada, to Toronto, uh, in the summer of 2020, and uh, uh, basically the situation was such that um, even though they, I guess, they honored what they promised and eventually started paying me again once I was back in the country, uh, even the timing of that was such that. Um, at, at some point, it was um, partly my uh, my fiance's uh, uh, stimulus package, partly uh, I think some uh, some crypto art sales that uh, allowed me to continue eating during that initial couple of weeks before I started getting paid properly again, um, and um, uh, that experience sort of pushed me to 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 jump into into crypto art more deeply and it made me see it for the opportunity that it was. And, um, you know, I, I, I engaged, uh, you know, much more sort of deeply and much more intentionally with, with the community at that point going forward. And, <clears throat> you know, there was, uh, there was in 2020, I guess already, there were a lot of, uh, um, I think already new people were starting to trickle in. Um, but, you know, I, I think it was probably towards the end of 2020 and, you know, much more so than in, in 2021 that, uh, that you had a large influx of people who sort of weren't the traditional um, crypto art folks that, uh, that were kind of the OGs, you know, prior to, uh, NFTs, I mean, I guess they still haven't quite gone mainstream, but, you know, before NFTs have gone more mainstream than they have been before. Yeah. Um, and, we, you know, maybe the $69 million sale kind of made some waves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People may have said, had, had something to do with it. Um, um, Metakovan may have had something to do with it. Uh, Saturday Night Live uh, may have had something to do with it. Uh, that, that that song was kind of catchy, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and um, yeah, so for for me in 2020, um, I, I gained uh, an appreciation for for the vision of of the crypto art community. Um, as it was back then, again, still mostly sort of the OGs and um, and mostly uh, sort of that that early group that 
Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, for, for all the great artists in there and for all the, all the crypto artists that are uh, sort of very, uh, very seriously art focused, um, you know, I, I would say what, what sets apart that crowd is uh, how strong and deep the, uh, the technological and, and philosophical focus is. And then um, I think uh, the the newer folks, sort of late in in 2020, and uh, you know subsequently, um, you know had had less of that technological and uh, and less of that philosophical focus. Uh, a lot of them, uh, what they what they did have in common with me is, uh, you know, they they saw that you know crypto art. Uh, was a potential avenue for, um, for, you know, the the possibility or the, the the promise of, you know, maybe I can be an artist, right? And and especially in these crazy times that we're living in now, maybe I can still be an artist without having to, you know, stuff myself into, you know, sardine box galleries with, you know, unmasked people and, you know who the hell knows whether uh, I'm going to be suffering from long COVID, you know, four months later and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, for me, crypto art um, at its, at its best, at its greatest promise and potential and opportunity, I feel like is the, is the synthesis of these two groups and, uh, and and that's sort of you know how I feel um, uh, how I feel about crypto art. This is how I, I view it. This is sort of the the vision that I, I tried to echo in my uh, in my manifesto. Um, and it's it's sort of this idea that um, you know uh, definitely the the technology and sort of that philosophy of, of, of decentralization uh, and trustlessness and sort of changing the world through uh, maybe it's trying to program in the meantime here uh, that, uh, that that promise of uh, changing the world through these technologies that can replace um, sort of uh, current systems both financial and otherwise that uh, you know are are, are fraught with corruption and, you know, special interests. And so that's, that's an important part for me, but, uh, you know, I think it's also very important that, you know, there, there are in my mind, uh, a set of problems and a set of social issues that, uh, that are, you know, realistically addressable and, and, and God willing solvable, uh, by, by technological means. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think every problem, you know, is, is amenable to a purely technological solution. And, you know, once you, once you get into some of the, some of the more, more human and more cultural stuff, you know, things like, um, things like, uh, you know, racism and prejudice and, you know, uh, opportunities and lack thereof and, you know, uh, sexism and misogyny and, you know, equity and, and all those things. And, and, and for that matter, even, you know, 
stuff like royalties, I think, um, you know, uh, they're things that, uh, that, that suddenly, you know, can just be sold by, uh, you know, making some adjustments to the, the smart contract and, uh, and that's sort of the beginning and end of what you do, right? There are societal issues, there are cultural issues. He's, he's, he's upset about the state of the world, I think. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, I I, I share his his outrage. Um, you know, for me, crypto art, uh, you know, um, at its best is uh, sort of a thoughtful uh, synthesis of of those two approaches, of those two uh, philosophies. And and that's uh, that again is is what I uh, I was trying to um, sort of give voice to in the uh, in the manifesto. Um, you remember, uh, you know, there were sort of discussions uh, at the time before I I ended up uh, writing um, writing and launching the manifesto. There were discussions with uh, you know a few different people, and you know one thing that was very apparent. Uh, was that um, um, one thing that was very apparent was that um, you know crypto art was definitely not it, it was not sort of a, a simply definable thing where you know every crypto artist uh, had the exact same idea and you know had the exact same sense of you know what were the more important parts what were the less important parts um and you know i i know for a fact that there are artists out there who probably you know would have a perspective that the the technological stuff is is sort of paramount and and you know might see those things as 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 actually being able to deal with you know the social stuff as well um Whereas, you know, I've also known uh, artists who may or may not identify as crypto artists, but, you know, sort of externally looked at, certainly fit the bill, uh, who probably, you know, have a fairly uh, minimal focus on the, on the technological stuff. Um, and uh, uh, basically, yeah, this this was sort of my attempt to to show both of those groups that, uh, you know, there is, I think, a way of, of bringing those two halves together uh, without sort of badly compromising the values and and the priorities and the perspectives of either of those groups. Um, and I think together we're stronger. I think I think the crypto art community today is, is you know, uh, more vibrant and, you know, uh, more diverse and more capable of sort of addressing challenges head on than than it was, you know, back in 2019 when I started. And uh, you know, uh, diversities of of views and opinions, uh, you know, can be can be sort of difficult sometimes when uh, challenges present themselves and decisions are decisions are to be made. And you know, there's there's not necessarily a uh, a single united answer that everyone rallies behind, but uh, again, I, I think I think that's all a good thing, and um, it's it's a movement uh, that 
had a huge impact on my life in, in no small part, you know, thanks to uh, Iwan Pablo um, and the, uh, the Museum of Crypto Art. And, um, you know, it's, 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 um, it's a very foundational part of my identity now being a crypto artist. And it's, uh, it's sort of where I see my future. And, um, yeah, as you mentioned, my, uh, my, my collection, uh, my, my activities as a collector were also sort of formed by, by that view. Um, you know, I, you know, in, in hindsight, I guess, uh, now and then I, I, I maybe question if, uh, whether that's, that's always been the right decision, but that or that or but um uh, you know uh, over the past couple of years i i have occasionally sort of uh, chose to let opportunities pass by uh to you know pick up stuff that sort of everyone was rallying around because because i figured okay well you know these projects or these artists clearly already have the attention they need and clearly already have the audience and, you know, they're going to be just fine regardless of, you know, whether I pitch my, uh, my, uh, my tent, my horse, whether I sort of, you know, uh, stake my fortunes stake on your, them. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's what it is. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, in, instead I, uh, uh, you know, more often try to uh, try to go with artists who uh, maybe uh, did not always have as much of an audience or as much of an existing um, uh, sort of uh, fame or prestige attached to their name in the crypto art space, but uh, whose work that or but whose work um, this baby is very very adamant at trying to fall down. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, artists who, uh, whose, whose works, um, I, uh, you know, uh, showed a great promise and, and that I could see sort of down the road being, um, uh, being significant, um, regardless of, uh, you know, sort of how, uh, popularly or how prominently valued they might have been in the here and now. Right. I, I always look at, uh, you know, the crypto art that sort of pops up on my feed with the eye, not so much of, you know, is this getting the, you know, thousand likes and the, I don't know, uh, 50 retweets and whatever else, or, you know, is it selling out or is the floor rising, but, you know, more with the mindset that, you know, like this movement we're part of, this is not going away. This, this is going places, this is, you know, going to rise in, uh, you know, significance and prestige. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before people are going to be writing textbooks about the stuff that's going on here and now and today. And, you know, those writers are not necessarily going to be guided by, uh, again, some of the more, uh, uh, I don't know, lottery or kind of um um casino like um approaches that uh, that we sometimes take to uh 
two projects. I, you know, there's, I, I want to sit here and talk with you all night. There's so much, obviously, we share, you know, like, I, I, I think just, again, to give people that first chance, everybody remembers the person that was there in the beginning right yeah the one the one that gave them that opportunity the one that told them they could do it it's a beautiful beautiful thing to have the access to so many talented individuals at this stage as they begin to experiment and play with this technology it's like a gift that keeps on giving i find that it, it always comes back i mean you know look at us now like strangers on the internet uh, and 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 here we are, and we've learned so much, and we've grown so much over these years, and we've shared so much. And I just thank you um, for being who you are, for for sharing all that you did. And uh, I guess we will end it there. Let everybody know where they can find you. Um, yeah, De definitely. Thank you so much, Colborn, and uh, you know this has been a. This has been a more chaotic conversation than, uh, than I think either of us. A proper crypto, a proper crypto discussion. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, it's been probably a very real one, um, <laughs> and, and 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 you know, uh, just super quickly, uh, you yeah. know, this this grumpy baby boy's connection to uh, to crypto art is is mainly through the fact that um, my ability to to go from uh, uh, having my fiance to to actually uh, us getting married uh, in the middle of the pandemic in in a safe, reasonable, and and still meaningful way uh, was very largely predicated on uh, uh, an early um, sort of larger permission, uh, uh, I guess maybe we would call it from from the Museum of Crypto Art from uh, from you and Pablo um, and. Um, that sort of pushed us forward and pushed the relationship forward and uh, uh you know uh, i i'd like to think that uh, uh you know uh, it, it was always going to go in the same direction but uh, uh i think this this baby boy's timing at least is is probably in in significant part uh you know owed a little bit to uh to mocha and to um hey. to the crypto art movement <laughs> and uh, and and yeah Mashallah, man, you know, it's just like, <laughs> it's so beautiful. Mashallah. It's, uh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. DXM <laughs> podcast. You. Yeah. Colborn Bell, Artist Daim, Baby Brave. I got this one, Akuchi. Uh, we thank you, and we'll see you next time. Breaking news. Breaking news.